What a crazy, crazy, crazy Wednesday. Wow. Holy Batman. What happened today? Everything happened today. Today is just a day of craziness all the way around. And we're going to get to everything. Whether sports, not sports. Wednesday, September 23rd was just insane. And that's why we got podcasts like this to share our crazy lives and the crazy world that we live in. Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is episode 111. 111. I think I'm going to go 111, then 112, 113, instead of saying 111. 112. I don't like it. This is 111. I am your host, Brandon Lachance. Thank you for joining me. Always appreciate it. Much love. Thank you for the support. On today's very special show, we have Gage Noonan. Graduated from LaSalle Peru High School and is now on the journey, venturing towards a career as a professional wrestler. If you know me, I've been a professional wrestling fan for a long time and somebody that I know or have covered in sports trying to be part of that world, it excites me. So I had to have him on. We break it down, talk everything we can wrestling. And it was a very interesting interview. It was at my lunch break, work at a bank, and I'm like, hey, how can I talk to this guy? Can't stay in the bank. For one, my phone only works in certain parts. Second, it's my place of work. I don't want to hear me doing my podcast. They might fire me because I'm doing my own thing. Don't want that to happen. So, I'm like, hey, don't have enough time to walk to my house or go anywhere. So what do I do? I sat next to a planter, a little flower, in downtown Mendota and did the interview. It was awesome. It was fun. Got the interview done. You got to do what you got to do. Don't know where you're listening to this episode, but Edge of Your Seat Podcast can be listened to on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Catch us on social media, Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook, and on Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Special shout out, thank you to Brian Cavelli, the master producer from Evanston, for the intro and outro beat for Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Salukis forever. That's my bro. Thank you very much, my man. Like I said, Gage Noonan is diving into the professional wrestling world today while I was at work. I guess you're not supposed to be checking your phone either. But hey, I'm a journalist at heart. I will always. Seen a post that saddened me gravely. Joe Laranitis, a.k.a. Animal of Legion of Doom and the Road Warriors, passes away at 60 years old. That is a huge chunk of my childhood. I always wanted to wear the football shoulder pads with the spikes. Never really wanted to have the haircuts. Hawk with the two lines through his head and not really a mohawk. He had the mohawkish thing, but they were on the sides. You had Animal with the legit mohawk, the crazy face paint, just two big, powerful, strong dudes. The music was just made you want to fight and wrestle people. The way they talked, they were just always yelling and talking like this. And the, oh, what a rush. You know, just things that I will never forget. Any kid in the 80s or 90s will always remember that if they were wrestling fans. I will never forget them. Rest in peace to both of them. Animal just passed away today, but Hawk has been gone for quite a few years. It is sad. Like I said, I'll never forget them. They're always one of my top tag teams. 
can't say they're my favorite or the best. I know a lot of people have. They won so many awards. They were tag team champions in every organization they went to. They were champions in the WWF before they took the F out. They were champions in WCW. They were champions in AWA. Everywhere they went, they were champions. Hall of Famers and many, many Hall of Fame, including the WWE Hall of Fame that they were put in in 2011. And they should be. I mean, storied career. Animal started wrestling in 1982. Legion of Doom or Road Warriors, whichever you call them. Legion of Doom is more my era when they were with the WWE. That was their name in the early 90s. Before then, in the 80s, they were the Road Warriors. Once they got to WWE, of course, Vince changes their name. I know them as Legion of Doom. That's how I was first introduced to them. And LOD is just fun to say. But they were the number one team in the PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated teams, tag teams, in their 2003 journey through wrestling. Number one. And they haven't fallen off the ranks. Or down the ranks. They are a lot of people, a lot of insiders, a lot of magazines, a lot of experts of professional wrestling. They are the number one team. I love them. I just can't say they're my number one team. I would probably go Heart Foundation, and I know that sounds like a weird, weird choice, but I loved the Pink and Black Attack. Huge Bret Hart fan. He's still probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Huge fan of the Heart Foundation. I would say they're number one. Not a lot of people agree with that, but that's who I go with. But Legion of Doom, Road Warriors are right there. Great, fantastic tag team. A lot of memories for a lot of people. So rest in peace, Animal. I don't even know you as Joe Laranitis. Your name is Animal. Rest in peace. Unfortunately, that was not the only RIP for the day. Right after that, I saw Gail Sayers passed away at age 77. I was born in 1985, so I was past the Gail Sayers years. He was a Chicago Bear, 1965 to 1971, four-time Pro Bowler, Comeback Player of the Year in 69, Rookie of the Year in 65, five-time first-team All-Pro, was the rusher of the year, the most yards in 66 and 69, and he's a member of the 60s All-Decade Team. Just a monster career. You grew up a Chicago Bears fan or in the Chicago area, you know who Gale Sayers is. Doesn't matter if you're five years old, your grandfather is probably still talking about this dude. He was a legit Hall of Famer. Legit, great, great NFL running back. I know I heard tons of stories about him growing up. I was fortunate to be able to hear some stories from people that actually knew him or ran across him and got to talk to him. He was the athletic director at SIU from 1976 to 1981. I was very fortunate to go to SIU and hear stories from professors and coaches that were there when he was there. So it was really cool just to hear stories. You know, I didn't get them told firsthand, first person. But the quality of Gail Sayers' character came through the people that I was talking to. He was one of those guys that... It seemed like if you were around, he just, you were magnified to him. He was like a magnet. And his character just ran to you. And that's kind of what I got from those guys, people that I spoke with. Wish I would have got to meet him, shake his hand, thank him for being an awesome bear, having a great football career and athletic director at SIU and all those things. Definitely didn't get to meet him, but his legendary Hall of Fame career 
and personality will definitely be missed from a lot of people. So rest in peace to Gil Sayers as well. Do not like saying as well when it comes to RIPs. But two legends, one in wrestling, one in football, left us. They're definitely in a better place. Moving on to a way lighter conversation, way lighter topic. Big Brother just ended a little while ago, probably about an hour ago. Man, I know I've told you guys about that contest that I had with Kevin Klum, the sports editor of the local paper, the News Tribune. We did a draft of the 16 people in Big Brother. The last eviction that was on Thursday was the first time that Kevin lost somebody the whole time the show has been going on. The first five evictions were all people from my team. So Ian was the first guy from Kevin that was gone. Now, if I could just finish the top three, that'd be awesome. I figured out the points. I still can't beat him. Kevin's won already. Kevin won week five of Big Brother. There's 16 contestants. The first five gone were all on my team. The worst draft I have ever been part of. And I was the worst part of it. Bad, Brandon. Bad, bad, bad. Cannot pick Big Brother contestants, obviously. But did finish today's episode. Kevin and Devon are staying on the block. Tyler won the power veto. That's my guy. I hope Tyler wins. He's probably my favorite player of all time in Big Brother. Love Tyler. Don't know why. Just his character, how he acts, how he plays the game. I like him. I like him. I hope he wins. I don't know if he will. You never know who's going to win in Big Brother. But it would be awesome if he did. But he wins and kind of changes Memphis, who's the head of the household, changes his game plan and says, no, we're not going to backdoor David. We're going to keep it how it is and get one of these people going because they're on the side working with Danny and Nicole. Tyler spots it. Nobody's said anything. They're not going around Devon, Kevin, Danny, and Nicole. They're not going around in people's faces and talking and saying, hey, we're together. Tyler points it out, figures it out, sees the little things that are going on that makes him well aware of what's going on on the sideline. He's like, no, we're not having that. We're going to get rid of one of their side alliances. Because, hey, you're supposed to be with us. Hopefully, Tyler can win a couple head of households and put up Danny, put up Nicole, get him out of the house. Sick of him. But they can start with Davon or Kevin. Either one can go. Not huge fans of either. I'd probably like to see Kevin go more than Devon. Just because I'm tired of seeing a guy that looks like he's going to cry every time the camera's on him. He always looks like he's going to cry. Always. Don't understand. In Kevin's world, Big Brother might be tough. <laughs> but in normal world, everything can be a little difficult. Being in a reality TV show or doing something productive financially. Let's face it, it is tough starting something new. A new business isn't a smooth startup. A new product or service for an established business isn't as easy as riding a bike either. In the digital world, Jameson Media Services gives that bike new tires, a comfortable cushion, and a motor. No pedals needed. Locally owned Jameson Media Services offers businesses and organizations something extremely important in the technology era, digital marketing solutions. To help your professional endeavor prosper and stay successful, Jamison Media Services designs websites, produces video, manages social media, and has a license to fly drones for photography and video. You choose a vehicle, a new shiny bike made easy to ride, a drone for flashy stylus vibes, or both. 
Jamison Media Services paves the road and clears the skies for amazing digital marketing solutions. Call 815-866-9352 to contact owner Brent Jamison. Also make sure to check out JamisonMediaServices.com. Huge news in the NBA basketball world. Chicago Bulls hire Billy Donovan as the next head coach. I'm excited. I am very, very excited to get a known guy, a guy that has been around basketball forever, has won championships. Well, they were in college, but it's still basketball. He knows how to put teams together and keep them successful and win games. Billy Donovan has done that all across his career. All across his career. And I am not the only one that is excited. Put a poll on my personal Twitter. That's LaShant's Writer on Twitter. Go ahead and give me a follow. I put up polls. I post all of the episodes of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And I retweet stuff. National, college, high school sports. All over the place. Very, very active on Twitter. Anyway, I put a poll on Twitter asking... Are you happy the Chicago Bulls hired Billy Donovan? Had 88 votes, 90% said yes. So a lot of excitement around the Chicago Bulls from fans who just want the Bulls to be a competitive team. Just want them to win games. They don't even have to win a championship the next couple years. Just be a legit team. That's all we ask. Would we like a championship? Yeah. Yeah, everybody does. But... When you have a bad team for a little bit, you just want to see them in the playoffs. Or you just want to see them get to some kind of level that's not the bottom of a conference. The Bulls have been at the bottom of the Eastern Conference for a little while, not even fighting for a spot to get in the playoffs. They didn't even come back to bubble ball because it wouldn't even been exciting. Nobody would want to watch them in the bubble. Diehard Bulls fans, I would have watched. But besides that, wasn't even worth it. Chicago is the third largest market in America, behind New York, behind Los Angeles, then in Chicago. History of Chicago Bulls basketball is very rich. Of course, we know the GOAT named Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and then we got Dennis Rodman and Derrick Rose and all of those guys, those legends, Artis Gilmore. I could keep going and going and going. It's rich in Chicago, and it should stay that way. There shouldn't be these long droughts of not being able to get free agents or not being able to put together winning basketball. Let's start with Billy Donovan. we got a competent head coach that knows the game. Start there. Have a couple good players, Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, and then let's work around that. Let's put the pieces together. Gar Pax is gone. That is fantastic. Jim Boylan's gone. Moving in the right direction. Like I said, we don't need a championship ring tomorrow, but let's put together a good product, a product everybody wants to watch, pay attention to, and be proud to say, hey, we're fans of Chicago Bulls. But let's get back to Billy Donovan's career. Billy Donovan's got quite a resume. He went to University of Providence. He was drafted by the Utah Jazz in 1987. He actually only played one year, was on a roster for one year in the NBA, and that was with the New York Knicks for the 87-88 season. Had a couple coaching jobs before Florida, but once he got to Florida in 1996, he was there to 2015, went to the Final Four four times, and won two championships, NCAA rings in 2006-2007. Some of the players that he had, you might know of, Joaquin Noah, 
Bradley Beal, Al Horford, just to say a few really, really solid players in the NBA. Got to the NBA as a coach in 2015, Oklahoma City Thunder, and was with them until this year. Right after the Thunder were dismissed out of the playoffs, he was let go. The Thunder with Billy Donovan went to the Western Conference Finals 2015-16 season, lost 4-3, seven games to the Golden State Warriors, the nasty, nasty Golden State Warriors team. But since then, the last four seasons has lost in the first round. So Thunder, like, hey, we need somebody that's going to get us to the next stage. Chicago Bulls are like, hey, we want to get to that stage, and then we'll see where we go from here. So, like I said, I like to pick up Billy Donovan, changes a lot of things for Chicago on the positive side of things. So really, really happy for that. Speaking of Chicago Bulls, I already mentioned Michael Jordan. Didn't know he was in a NASCAR, but it kind of makes sense. He's from the East Coast, went to North Carolina, owns a team in Charlotte. You know, racing cars, it's a big deal out there. Him and Denny Hamlin, NASCAR's Denny Hamlin, now own a NASCAR team, a team of cars, a team of drivers. And their first signee, their first driver, Bubba Wallace. Michael Jordan is always doing something, whether it's commercials, playing basketball, owning teams, on the golf course. He is always doing something, monster competitor, always trying to push things. Now he's getting into racing. Denny Hamlin knows what he's doing, so it doesn't seem like Jordan has to be a crazy guy about cars or driving in general. But to be probably a financial support, he's the guy. And he's going to stand for something by signing the only African-American driver to be the first one in his team. I get it. Awesome move by Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin. Congratulations to Bubba Wallace. Now, when we do this NASCAR pool again, I'll pick you. But you got to start winning races or doing better than you were before. Maybe Jordan's... Financial support and Denny Hamlin's NASCAR knowledge can help Bubba Wallace finish out better. Some better results here. I had to shut off the Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals so I could do this podcast. Otherwise, this podcast wasn't going to come out until next week. Lots to talk about, lots of things to do. So I had to shut it off so I could get on the mic and talk and do what I love to do. At halftime, it was 50 44, Miami Heat had this six-point lead. Jason Tatum for the Boston Celtics was struggling. Zero points, zero for six at halftime. Not a good sign for the Boston Celtics. They need that dude to put up numbers. He has to put up numbers for Boston Celtics to win, especially against the Heat. Heat have a 2-1 lead in the series. If they go 3-1, hands down, Heat are gone. Peter gone, going, going, gone to the finals. You are not going to catch up with him. Not if you're down 3-1. I don't think so. Nope. I think it's going to be a long series, but Boston's got to take game four. They have to. Coming back from a 3-1 hole has only happened a few times, and I don't think Boston has the horses to do that against the Heat. They're very similar teams, very similar dynamics. Nope. I don't see it happening. And the Heat probably have the best player on the court. Actually, they do have the best player on the court in Jimmy Butler. So, Boston's got to take this game. On Tuesday, we saw Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals. The Nuggets took Game 3, 
to cut the series lead that Los Angeles had. LA won the first two games. Now it's 2-1 after the Nuggets won 114-106. to They'll play game four tomorrow, Thursday at 8 p.m. Central. Two awesome series. Looking forward to seeing how these go. Paying attention, watching every game as much as possible. Got the game on my DVR. We'll catch the second half tomorrow as soon as I can. Speaking of finding time to do things, we can always find time to fix, change, improve our homes. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows and doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured, at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Hopefully the Chicago Bulls struggles are over. And hopefully the Chicago White Sox struggles are over too. They clinched a playoff berth for the first time since 2008 this season, but now have lost four out of the last five games and have lost three straight, including today's game, 3-2 loss to the Cleveland Indians. So now they are in a lock with the Minnesota Twins, both at 34 and 22 records. Definitely hoping the White Sox can win the American League Central pennant, but they're going to have to stop playing bad ball. What is going on? You guys are doing fantastic, playing great, everybody's happy, and then bam, a slump happens and nothing's going right for the White Sox. Awful, awful time too because the playoffs start the 29th. In six days is the start of the MLB playoffs. Get rid of this rust, this slump right now. The Chicago Cubs have finally clinched with their 32-23 record, currently sitting on top of the National League Central Division. This is the fifth time that the Cubs have clinched a playoff berth in the last six years. That's amazing because all Cubs fans know the droughts and the many, many, many years of not being in the playoffs and losing 100 plus games and not even being thought of in consideration to playoffs or awards or World Series or any of that. And boy, have times changed. Five times in six years for the Cubs in the playoffs. That is amazing. Right now, they are trailing the Pirates 2-1 in the bottom of the eighth. Also, since we're talking about playoff bursts and clinching divisions and stuff like that, the Los Angeles Dodgers clinched the National League West Division for the eighth straight season. That is insane being that good, owning your division for eight straight years in baseball. We're talking about slumps and injuries and all the things that can go wrong in a game of baseball or weeks of games of baseball or months of games of baseball. And the Dodgers have dodged most of that and have made it to the playoffs eight straight years. Crazy. Now they just got to get rid of that curse or whatever is going on if they want to win a World Series. Because they've been getting there, 
but haven't been doing much afterwards. I noticed I have not talked much about hockey, the NHL, since the Chicago Blackhawks were eliminated from the playoffs. We're in the Stanley Cup. The Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars are tied 1-1 in the series, in the cup, in the third period of Game 3. Tampa Bay kind of skating away with this one with a 5-2 lead over the Stars. I looked up to see the playoff history or the Stanley Cup history of both of these squads. Because when I think of hockey, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars are two teams that I am not thinking of. I'm thinking, of course, the Blackhawks. I'm from the Chicago area, so of course. The Boston Bruins, the Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, the Edmonton Oilers, the San Jose Sharks, the New Jersey Devils. I'm thinking of those squads. I am not thinking of the Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars as great teams. But then I look stuff up. The Lightning have been in the Western Conference Finals, 2010-11 season, the 15-16 season, the 17-18 season, got to the Stanley Cup 14-15 season, lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, of course, but they do have a Stanley Cup under their belt. They won the 2003-04 Stanley Cup. So two Stanley Cup bursts and three Western Conference Final appearances. Not bad. Not too shabby. In the last 17 years, they have been to the Western Conference Finals five times and made it to two Stanley Cups. Dallas Stars won the 98-99 Stanley Cup and abandoned the Conference Finals 99-2000 and 07-08. So not as great of a history as Tampa Bay, but have been there. Before looking at these things, I couldn't have told you that either one were in Conference Finals or Stanley Cups, not at all. I am not a huge hockey fan. I'm trying to pay attention more and more to it because I do realize the awesomeness of the sport. Next year when the NHL season comes around, I will try to pay more attention and definitely watch some games. I do like hockey. Just in the midst of basketball season and everything else that's going on in the world, hockey just doesn't reach up on the priority list. But I'm going to make a priority to make it more of a priority. That's how you do it. When I'm watching hockey games, I always wonder, like, how much in shape hockey players really are. Like, they are on skates, on the ice, using every muscle in their body the whole time they're there, the whole time that they're playing a game. So I know they're in shape, but looking at them with all the pads on, the uniform, the jersey, you can't really tell. They're big and bulky. You don't know if they're in shape or not. So I always wonder, like, what are they doing to stay in shape? Are they just on the ice? I mean, if you watch The Miracle, the movie about the U.S. Olympic hockey team beating the Russians during the Cold War, you're like, oh yeah, they're in shape because they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But I wonder now, what are they doing? I wonder if they're doing CrossFit. If you're in the Illinois Valley, you definitely have that opportunity, whether you're trying to play hockey or not. Since 2015, LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley, a customized way to get in shape while having fun. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place for you. LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's name and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan. 
whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach. LP CrossFit's trained coaches tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of body weight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led, and all movements are infinitely scalable so they can work with any fitness level, injury, or mobility restriction. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at lpcrossfit.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. Let's break down some high school sports. We'll start with today's action. Again, being Wednesday, September 23rd, Boys Golf at Spring Creek Golf Course in Spring Valley. LaSalle Peru defeated Hall 180-186. to LP now has won three meets in the last three days. Carter Fenza had a 44 for the Cavaliers, while Connor Normchik and Coleman Rundle had 45s and John Malota had a 46. The medalist score went to Hall sophomore Grant Plim, who shot a 42. Ottawa got a 154-199 victory over Plano. Drake Hoffman with the medalist score of 37. Drake Stout with a 38. Michael Bruner with a 39. And Jonathan Cooper with a 40. Man, the scores are crazy consistent. All LP's golfers were lumped together. All Ottawa's golfers lumped together following their teammates and playing some great golf. That's amazing. In a close, close battle, Oregon defeated Genoa Kingston 203-205. In girls golf, Oregon also defeated Genoa Kingston 176-212. Sticking with golf, Mendota dropped a close one to Rockford Christian 165-171. Rockford Christian's Andrew Heinisch got the medalist score with a 39. The Trojans were led by Ethan Hanneman and Jack Beats, who both shot 40s. Clay Buffington had a 43, and Logan Bradner shot a 48. Girls Tennis, St. Bede defeated Streeter 5 to nothing, so a shutout for the Lady Bruins. Congrats. That's hard. That's not easy, especially in tennis. That means three single players and two teams of doubles all had to win. That is not easy where you're just going to blank another team. Rewinding to Tuesday real quick, a couple golf scores I wanted to discuss. There was a quad wrangler at Wyattson Hills in Princeton. Princeton got the W with a 229. LP LaSalle Peru was second with a 235. Ottawa and Seneca were also involved. LP's golfers. Ava Morardi had a 56. Grace Antle of 57. Avery Urbanski of 59, and Ashley Urbanski a 63. Congrats to Princeton and LP. I've heard Wyatton Hills is a really tricky, complicated golf course. So to get a W, second place finish in Princeton at Wyatton Hills, that's got to be an amazing feeling. Also on Tuesday, in a triangular, the Princeton boys got another victory with a 157. Hall was second with a 185, and Orion had a 214. The medalist score went to Princeton senior Nolan Scott, who shot a 37, while Hall was led by Nick Arati, who had a 44. 
that's all the sports talk for this episode, but I'm not done yet. going to start a new segment. I am going to do it every first episode of the week, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, hopefully I don't go further than Wednesday, with something I want to do called the deep dive of the week. This is going to be all about music. I listen to music all day, every day, well, when I'm not at work. When I walk to work, when I'm working out, when I'm playing video games, I am listening to music. So, I'm going to go through albums, whether old, whether new, whether hip-hop, country, rock, pop music, whatever. I'm going to pick an album and listen to it for a week, or at least a few days in the week, okay, the whole week, and just talk about it. What I like, what I don't like, top songs, not top songs, things of that nature. So if you have any suggestions of albums that I should listen to, like I said, doesn't matter what kind of music, doesn't matter when it came out, doesn't matter the decade, doesn't matter anything, I will listen to it. I'm a music lover. Send an email with your suggestion to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com or hit edgeofyourseatpodcast up on Facebook or edgeofyourseatp on Twitter. I know I said I'm just going to dive into albums on the deep dive of the week, This one, though, I'm going to talk about country music in general. Last Wednesday, a week ago, I watched the 55th ACM Awards, American Country Music Awards, have not watched them or paid any attention to them in at least 10 or 15 years. My mom was a huge country fan. I have other family members and loved ones and past people that were in my life that listened to country music and would watch them. I'd walk through, you know, see a couple awards, whatever. Never really been a fan of country music. I do respect it. I understand it. As I'm getting older, starting to care for it a little more, it will never take the place of hip-hop, rap, R&B in my life because that's what's made me who I am. But I will listen to it. I'm going to deep dive into albums just like I am going to with any other kind of music. But it was just crazy seeing the different faces and the different kind of music. When I hear country, I'm thinking of Garth Brooks, Reba McIntyre, Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson, George Strait, Clint Black. Like that era. Like those are the people that when I knew anything about country music, that's who was there. Trisha Yearwood. I could keep going and going and going. But those are the people I know. I just said Brooks and Dunn. It was super crazy. They were up for duo of the year in 2020. Weren't they making music in like the late 80s or the early 90s? 2020 still up for duo of the year. Insane. I'm not going to break down each award. Just want to talk about a few people and what I noticed about country music. First of all, they said that was the first time that the ACM awards were in Nashville. That they're always in Los Angeles or Las Vegas. How is this the first year that they were in Nashville? They're the Country Music Awards. Again, I think of Reba McIntyre, Garth Brooks, etc., etc., etc. when I think of country. I also think of Nashville. I do not think of Los Angeles or Las Vegas when it comes to country music. They're saying that this is the first time in Nashville? Hopefully I heard that wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's what they said in the very, very beginning of the show. That seems crazy. Crazy. Not dumb or not retarded, but just like, how? How? How does that happen? In the very beginning of the show, they started off with short mini, I guess, performances of their hit songs as they went through the nominees of Entertainer of the Year. Carrie Underwood, Luke Bryan, Luke Combs, 
Eric Church, Thomas Rhett. I never heard of Thomas Rhett. Never heard of Eric Church. Luke Combs. I know people that are absolutely in love with him. Carrie Underwood has been around for a little bit. I know she won American Idol. She's done the Monday Night Football song. Know who she is. So obviously the bias in me knowing somebody on the show, I was like, okay, she should win. Luke Bryan, I heard a couple songs, don't know him really. So it was just mind-blowing, the difference in names. Another mind-blowing thing that I heard while I was watching this country music award show, Miranda Lambert has the most American country music award wins ever. It's like 36 or 37, something like that. How? I know, like I said, been a long time. But she's won more times than the established veterans, the legends that I just named, the Patsy Kleins, the Tanya Tuckers, the Conway Twitties, the all these legends, Willie Nelson, Willie Jennings, Johnny Cash. I could keep going and going and going. She's won more awards than all of them? Insane. But congrats to her. I guess she has made a stamp in music. She will never be forgotten. But I couldn't tell you a song from her. I really don't know one. I don't. Two people that I came out of the show like, hey, I want to listen to more of them. Morgan Wallen and Old Dominion. Already checked out Old Dominion's catalog, liked some songs, put it on a playlist. Maybe they're one CD that I will deep dive in. I like how they kept to the roots of the meaning behind country music, the, uh, the struggle, the things going on at home, family, love, all that stuff, while keeping the beats upbeat in a high tempo. So you can snap your fingers, you can bob your head, and you're still relating to music because you've went through some of the same situations. That is kind of why I can dive into any rap, R&B, song or artist because I can relate to some of the things that they went through and the beats are uplifting or they're making you move, they're making you shake your head. Can't always do that with a country song. That is my big turnoff. So as they're going more popish and they're changing the way the music sounds, maybe I will start listening to it more. That song called Whiskey Glasses from Morgan Whalen, I was like, okay. If I would have heard that song when I was in college, uh-oh, game over. <laughs> game over. But in general, it was cool just seeing the difference in how country has moved on, moved forward. Like I just mentioned, it's kind of more popish now. And like I said, maybe I will start checking it out more. But that's my first deep dive talking about the American Country Music Awards. It was a cool show. I watched it for about an hour and a half, two hours. Didn't really pay attention to who won awards, anything like that. I think Old Dominion won too. Like I said, I will check them out. Maybe I'll do a deep dive on one of their albums. They seem okay. And I'll see if I can move them up the ladder from okay to good or greater. Maybe they're the next group that finds themselves all over my playlist that I call everything but rap. I think I called everything but rap, hip hop, and R&B. So everything that I don't normally listen to or, you know, don't listen to all the time. That's a better thing. Don't listen to it all the time. It'll be on that playlist. Anyway. Spent a lot of time talking about all kinds of crazy awesomeness. Thank you again for listening to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Really appreciate it. This is episode 111 with Gage Noonan, professional wrestler, working his way up. Right now he's an independent wrestler trying to earn his stripes. 
pay his dues. Just had his debut on September 12th on a Saturday. Got his first two matches in in his first show. That's all I'm going to say. Let's get to Gage. He can break it down for us. We will be back tomorrow, Thursday, with Hall graduate and now University of Illinois junior, Cam McDonald. Until next time, peace. Not every day I am sitting in downtown of any town next to a flower planter with two phones next to each other recording. But here we are. I have a special guest, lunch break on a regular normal Thursday. And I got Gage Noonan, LP graduate, now pursuing his dreams of being a professional wrestler. Gage, what's up, my man? Nothing much. Yourself, Brandon? Nothing. Just checking out this plant that I'm sitting next to. <laughs> yeah, it's an honor to be on this podcast, man. Definitely. I'm glad to have you. Definitely glad to have you. It's a little windy. Hopefully, we can hear everything. We should be good. But yes, I am definitely ready to dive into this. Let's start... You're a freshman in college at IVCC, awesome for you, going to any college, whether it's a junior college or any level is amazing. Are you having fun so far? I am having fun, let me tell you that. It's weird during these times and everything, and I hate being online, but I mean, it's going well for me so far, so I mean, that's good at least. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. What are you going to school to study? I'm going for business management. Okay, what do you hope to do with that? Um, well, see, my mom, she owns Liz the Grottos, so uh, when I'm going through there and that, right now I'm just going to Ivy and that, get my gen done and all that, and I'm planning on transferring out somewhere, but I'm just going for, uh, to keep the family business in line, because it's been in the family for generations now, so I want to keep that going. I love Legrados, by the way. You guys have gotten plenty of money in business from me. Oh, I thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Especially the Monday nine ninety nine large deals. It actually changed to 11 due to COVID, which kind of sucks too, but... Still not a bad deal, though. Uh, it's, it is still not a bad deal. Some people don't even realize that. So I'll be serving, and then people will be like, oh, it's 11 now, not 10. And I'm like, man, it's a dollar difference. Like, in my head, I'll be saying that. I will say that to them. But I'm like, it's a dollar difference. It's COVID times. I mean, it's the least we can do, you know? Yeah, I mean, delivery, leave a $4 tip, $15 for an awesome pizza. That's not bad. Not bad at all. No, definitely not. Well, we'll go back to high school stuff, but I'm really, really excited about you and wrestling. Seeing some photos, you had your debut last weekend, I believe. And I did. It was last Saturday. Last Saturday. You want to be a professional wrestler. That's what you're doing now. That, that is what I'm doing. It's been my dream for so long, and now finally I'm pursuing it and turning it into a reality. What got you into wrestling? There are lots of us that are wrestling fans and, you know, fans of athletics, whether it be basketball, baseball, football, and some people just don't have that ability or it doesn't click in their head like, hey, that's something I should do. What clicked in like, you know what, I want to do that. Let's do some wrestling. I actually, when I was younger, I would say, oh, I was about like, was about like uh, seven years old, uh, me and my friend, my friend would always be like, bro, you come, come to my house Friday night. You got to watch Smackdown with me. And I'm like, I'm not watching this. This is dumb. Because I used to be one of those guys, which I don't even like saying to myself that, but I used to be those guys like, this is fake, this is dumb, which it's not fake, it's scripted. There's a whole different stuff like that. But anyway, we don't need to get into that. Anyway, I would always say this is dumb and that, blah, blah, blah. But like, I lost a bet with them, actually. I forgot what the bet was, but I lost it. So I was like, all right, I guess got to watch this. So then I ended up watching it, and I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. Like, like, right there, it clicked. And I watched it. 
and then every Friday night, him and I would be going. Uh, we wouldn't do it on Monday, obviously, because of school and that, so we wouldn't be able to stay up that late and watch Monday Night Raw. But every Friday night, we'd always go to his house and watch SmackDown, eat dinner, watch SmackDown, have a sleepover. And then it ended up with me like, man, I want to do this, because not just because it's like, ah, you're, you're wrestling each other and all that. But because of the entertainment purposes, because I've always wanted to be an entertainer, and with my personality thing, I knew like that's something I can do. So then, um, I at a young age in that too, I'd be on YouTube watching all these wrestling videos on how to bump, how to do moves, and then I started just like wrestling stuffed animals. Then I'd move on to me and my friend wrestling in like the backyard and that. Then I had a YouTube channel with like so many of my friends, and we would do backyard wrestling every single Sunday for like five years straight and then post them on YouTube and that we actually got a following. We had like 1,600 subscribers and we would get like 2,000 views per video on average, which is amazing. And then I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I'm like, I, I know this is what I want to do. There's nothing in my way. And yeah, during high school and when I'm in middle school and everything, I used to be at times made fun of for liking wrestling. And the thing is to myself, I just laughed with it. I wasn't those people that got scared and were like, oh, I'm embarrassed and everything. No, I was like, yeah, I like wrestling. And you're not going to change it to me. It's awesome. And I would defend my case and everything in that. And then with the company I'm with now, Zala Live, which is a great company, by the way, I actually have been working with a wrestler that's wrestled in Illinois and around the world for a long time. I was at EGO, I was by the name, uh, stage name Christian Rose, um, Tom Pershaw, he's my trainer. He's, he was delivery driver at Lose as well. And he told me about this essay. And um, because of COVID, um, Ryan Zishi, the owner of Zalai, was having a contest. Of, you write an essay about why you love wrestling, and the winner would get free training for three months. So I was like, oh, th this is an opportunity for me. This is a huge opportunity. So I wrote that essay, and then I was like, I'm probably not going to win. So I was like doubting myself and everything, because it was a couple days after, and that I'm like, oh, I'm not going to win anything. And then I remember going, getting out of the shower, getting ready to go to work. And I got the, an email saying that I won. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I was, it was amazing. I was astonished. I was so happy. It was the best thing ever. And then I went to training. And then usually it takes way longer. I've been training only since uh, June. The end of June, I started training. And usually you take so long to, before you can actually step and do a show and like perform. And so I caught on so fast to that. And then I, finally got to do my debut and let me tell you it was one of the best moments of my life it was so amazing and so fun and I can't wait for my next gig did you win your first match actually on my debut I had two matches I was in a tournament so my first match I did win my second match was in the main event against a wrestler that's been wrestling for like 20 years and I'm like this is like in my head it's the main event it's for a title and I'm wrestling a you know, wrestler that is off Doc Simmons, which is wrestling forever and is insanely good. And I'm so nervous. And then I got into that mindset. I'm like, all right, I'm not nervous anymore. I did my stuff and all that before my hype. I got out there and I did lose, the, I did lose my second match. But I won my first, which is really, really good experience for the crowd. So first show, two matches go one and one and one, and you were fighting for a title. That had to have been amazing. It was awesome. It was very nerve-wracking, I'm telling you that, in the locker room before. But then I just get in the zone. I start walking around. I do push-ups. I talk to myself, and I get in the zone, and then I, no one talks to me because I look like I'm about to kill someone. That's how much I'm in the zone. I used to do it for football and track as well. So is that kind of your gimmick, just be that kind of crazy, intense, psycho wrestling um, guy? Well, my gimmick, see, my uh, stage name is 12-Gauge. 
And the reason I picked 12 gauge is because a shotgun is uh, very explosive and impactive. And when I am, I'm a, I'm a small guy, which is it's like a shotgun. A gun's not that big, obviously, but it does a lot of damage in that. And it's expo- I'm explosive and I'm aggressive. I'm more of a cocky, I would say, a cocky baby face. And your name is 12 gauge. 12 gauge, indeed. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. That's fantastic. I know that you're a smaller guy, you know, skinny. What are your your stats? How tall and pounds? I'm five six, and my girlfriends are close. So I am done growing for the rest of my life, which is very sad. And I am one fifty three. So you are a small guy, definitely. I am a very, I'm a very small guy. Say that, yeah. So if you're a wrestling fan, we're talking about small guys. You're either an acrobat, you're jumping off the top rope all the time. Oh, you're very fast. Are these two adjectives or descriptive words to explain you as a wrestler? Yes, indeed. I am a high flyer and I'm more of a scrambler, which is uh, what a scrambler is. It's fast situations. So you'll be seeing stuff for me. Yeah, I'll be doing flips and that, but then I'll also be doing um, really fast-paced sequences with guys, which is what you obviously said as well. So, yeah, and then um, I'm more of a striker as well. I like doing a lot of strikes. So you're the guys that are doing, like, the back and forth, the rollovers, the trying to think of all the wrestling yeah. definition words that I know. Yeah, but. no, no, you're, you're doing good so far. So yeah, better than most people. So, yes, no, you're good. Yeah, indeed. I do all those rollovers, drop downs, leapfrogs, etc. Gotcha. The fake, well, not the fake, but the missed clothesline, you duck under, you run to the ropes, there's another missed move. Those exchanges that take a while, but they're a lot of fun to watch. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. So, probably be one of my favorite wrestlers once you know get to the levels that I'm watching. I really don't watch anymore because I was a huge wrestling fan. But with work and everything that I do on the side, podcasting, coaching basketball, not a lot of time to watch wrestling, and it is everywhere. It went from like an hour to a week on TV to now it's like 15 hours on TV a week. Plus, with the network, there's pay-per-views and all the old stuff, and it's just so much, it's kind of hard to keep up with. No, yeah, it's insane. There's a lot of stuff wrestling. Wrestling every day of the week. Literally every day of the week. Definitely. Now, do you do that in your training and what you're trying to do? How often are you on the mats taking those bumps, getting that experience level up? At first, it would be um, once a week, and I would go up to Rock Falls and train. But then I was like, you know what? I've been wanting this for a while, and I actually bought my own ring. So I bought my own ring at a warehouse at Legrado's. I set that up there. I would literally every other day, I give one rest day break, and every other day I'm in that ring taking bumps, running ropes, working on cardio, whether it's by myself or whether it's worth someone training on technique-wise and that, I will be in that ring taking bumps and just getting, being more aggressive to the mat and getting used to everything, which you never really do get a, uh, get used to taking the bumps. But the thing is, I have a 16 by 16 pony ring. Now, a pony ring is the rings that are smaller to the ground. A normal ring is the ones that you'll see on TV where they're like really high in the air. So if I can get used to the bumps in the pony ring or get semi-used to them in that, then I could get used to any of the other ring bumps to that. But I'll be in there yeah, about every other day, maybe even I, sometimes I'm there like four days a week, like in a row, going and just training. So not only do you want to be a wrestler, you bought your own ring to train as much as you want to. I did, about my own ring. It, it cost about four grand, but I got it. That is the definition of dedication, by the way. I just want to let you know that. 
thank you. Wow, that's amazing. Very cool. We were talking about your gimmick and 12 gauge and intensity. What are the designs on your gear and what are your colors? What is the look that people should expect from you if they go to a show where you're at? Now, I'm gonna tell you a funny story that I went with this actually. So, I got gear and I ordered it online and everything because first I wanted to see how my character got over so I didn't want to get custom stuff, which there are designs in the making that I'm not gonna spoil that, but I'm gonna tell you this, they're looking really, really good. But anyway, back to what I was saying. I was getting normal generic gear in that that looks cool in that that I want to get, which is tights, kick pads, knee pads, because I don't want to spend a bunch of money because gear can go up to like $600, which is insane just for tights and kick pads and knee pads for custom. So it's like insane. But I wanted to get generic gear, not waste all that money, see if my character goes over because I don't want to buy it and then my character didn't get over and then I have this custom gear that is useless. You know what I'm saying? So what happened then is it didn't come in. So I was like, oh my God, what the heck am I going to do? So what I did is I went on Amazon. I found these compression pants for $10 that actually like looked really good. But I was like, there's no way it's going to work. So I bought it and it looks like way better than my actual gear that I purchased online. So I ended up using that. And what it is, it's, it's uh, yellow and gray tights. And then I use black and uh, black kick pads and knee pads. And then I have black elbow pads and black wrist tape. But um, that won't be my gear for so long in that once this other custom gear comes in later on in my, and let me tell you, like I said, it's going to be dope. But um, yeah, no, I'm more of a tights guy. I cannot wear trunks. I don't, I just, that just feels weird to me. I'm more of tights, kick pads, knee pads, um, elbow pads, and wrist tape. So no John Cena jean shorts? No, <laughs> I couldn't do all the stuff I do in jean shorts. That's just, now nah, look, Cena can pull it off, but I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> You were talking about money and what it would cost for gear and things like that. So you're classified as an independent wrestler, correct? Yes, correct. As an independent wrestler, I know you've only done one show, but you've been working with, what's the name of the place again? Uh, Zala Live. So working with them, what is the kind of money that you've been able to take in so far, or what are you hopes into making as your career continues to go? Well, um, for independent wrestling, as of now, I am at, um, for my first show in that, obviously you don't get paid because you need to, they need to see how you are and knowing what your pay is worth and um, how you progress and getting over in that. But um, I, in the future, want wrestling to be, like, I want that for my living. I, w I want to do it for a full-on career wrestling in that. I want to make it to the big leagues. I want to be on TV. I want to do all that, but not just because it's cool. It's wrestling that because I, I, I want to be an entertainer, and that's what I see. And uh, I want to. My goal, my goal in wrestling is to just. I don't even care if it's one kid. I want to inspire a kid to go out and pursue his dreams. Whether you're five six, one fifty two, when you see these jacked wrestlers that are on roids and everything, and they're huge, I want to show kids that whatever happens in life, other obstacles and everything, whether you're saying you can't do that, if you believe in yourself, you definitely can do it. But wrestling with money wise, um, independent, you really don't make a lot because that's where you're making your name. Like you couldn't live off independent wrestling. You would have to have another job. But the indies is where you get your name out. You want you want to get the publicity, which most of the money you're making is actually coming from T-shirts. Because for a gig in wrestling in the, in the indies, you can get paid like some people. The news and that will get paid like twenty dollars, or then you can get up to like only a hundred dollars. But then your rest, you're selling your T-shirts where you can make like eight hundred dollars a show selling T-shirts. So mainly, it's really kind of up to you 
but if you want to make a living off of wrestling, you most definitely need to get to like WWE, AEW, New Japan, all the bigger companies. Definitely, definitely. Do you have t-shirts made already? Don't they call it merch in the wrestling business? Merch, they do call it merch. I have not made t-shirts yet, because like I said, I don't know how my character is going to go over and everything, so I wanted to stay on the low for a bit. I want to get my in out there first, and then start making merch, and then start making custom tights, and then go from there. But like I said, I do have designs in the making right now, and they're looking really, really good. There will be merch in the future, in the short future. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. You know you were talking about the big levels, WWE, AEW, New Japan. If this is what you want to do and be a professional wrestler, there is nothing like that around a little old LaSalle, Peru, Illinois, Illinois Valley. So are you ready to travel? I mean, you would have to leave your comfort zone, that's for sure. Would be leaving my comfort zone, but I am I'm ready for it. I personally got a new car. When I was going for my car, I was picking the best one for traveling because I know this is what I want to do. If I want to get my name out there, I need to be traveling in that. So I got a Ford Escape, 50 miles per gallon, which is awesome. It costs $16 to fill the tank. For my debut, it was in Oregon, Illinois. I didn't. I used a quarter of a tank for there and back, which is amazing. That's why I picked out a car that would be perfect for traveling. And I'm training on so I'm, I'm ready for it. We kind of jumped around or skipped right past your high school, LP, LaSalle, Peru High School. Crazy good athlete for them. Played football, wrestling, track, three-sport athlete. Talk about that experience in high school where, you know, you're getting the work ethic, the, you know, getting in shape, the fitness to do something like wrestling. Because I feel like if you don't have a background where you were an athlete, you don't go into wrestling. If you look at WWE back in the day, WCW, most of those guys, all of them, were former athletes on either a high school, college, or pro level. I say high school sports are honestly a really, really big part of getting in to um, the next level of sports, obviously. But for wrestling... Because if you're just someone that sits at home in that, yeah, you can go into the business, but that little, little extra sports and cardio and lifting you're getting is giving you more of a physique and helping out your cardio and your um, getting bigger in that. Sports helps me out a lot. Like, I remember through, through wrestling, honestly, I, le- I learned how to do a, back, a standing backflip. And that was because through all the years now I've always I've never done tumbling I've never done gymnastics in my life I've always wanted to as a little kid I did for like two days that's about it but um during sports what helped really me is when I was at sports it got out of my kind of like comfort zone and I would like try stuff and also wrestling on the mats too I would try more stuff but like wrestling I would try doing all these flips on the mats and then also it was a really really good workout would be wrestling in the wrestling room and it would be like 100 degrees in there and it was insane it'd get for cardio so that would help my cardio that for football we'd be lifting every morning track would uh help my cardio as well on that so but definitely high school sports is a in my opinion is a big part to getting to that next level although i love looking at this flower slash plant whatever it is in this little planter that i'm sitting next to so the wind is not drowning out our conversation (laughs) gonna have to get going pretty soon want to leave with some i guess pro wrestling talk who are your favorites? I mean, you've been an all-time wrestling fan growing up. Who are your favorites, the guys that you tuned into to check out? 
When I was younger, my favorite always Edge. The rated R superstar couldn't go wrong with Edge. Even though he had the worst looking spear of all time, Edge was still my number one. But then after getting to know the business more and getting uh, watching and grabbing, getting older in that and looking at like of all time, it's a hard decision then for my all time because it's either Michaels or Jericho. And they're both big parts of the business, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. And it's so hard because they're both great workers. They're great with the crowd. They got, it was insane. It's insane how good they are and how Jericho is still to this day wrestling, which is insane. If we're talking about modern day wrestler, New development, it's got to be Tommaso Ciampa. Great worker. I've seen him in person. I've been to a lot of his shows, seeing him. Just amazing. But Jericho or Michaels is between all time. I can't decide. It's too hard. And then Ciampa, I love that dude, too. I watched, I've seen a lot of his awesome feats as well. I was at Survivor Series and War Games in Chicago and jumped off the I was top. at War Games. You were there? I was at War Games, yes, that was awesome. I was there too, that, <laughs> that was, was really absolutely good. nuts. When he jumped off the top of the steel uh, the steel cage, that was literally, I popped so hard for that. I've been to a lot of shows, I've probably been to like 5 to 10 pay-per-views, I want to say I've been to like 7 or 8 for a legit number. That was the coolest moment that I've seen in person on all the shows that I've been to, that was absolutely insane. The coolest moment I've ever seen in wrestling because I um, was recently for last year for Sadie. Me and my girlfriend actually were like, "Screw it, we're not going to Sadie." I got front row VIP tickets to AEW Revolution, and um, it was awesome. We went in AEW matching shirts and everything just to get like little Sadie vibe, you know. Definitely way better than Sadie. Even everyone else said that we were lucky because it was way better than um, the Sadie dance. But um, it was front row, and we were, I, that's when I witnessed my first, because I've been to a lot of wrestling shows. Like, I've been to Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown, I've been to all the pay-per-views, and I've been to a lot of AEW shows. But for the first time ever, I witnessed an actual, like, rated five-star match, which is the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Adam Page for the tag titles. And that was that match was the most insane match I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen so many kickouts in a wrestling match where I thought it was going to be over in my life. Especially being front row and everything, plus seeing Jericho in person. That it was it was awesome. I have seen maybe like four AEW shows. Like I said, I really haven't had time to probably haven't watched wrestling on an every day or every week period probably since. Okay, so this is going to date it back. You might have to find a year for me. Sasha Banks and Charlotte were in the Hell in the Cell for the first time. That was 2016, I believe. So that is the 17, but 2016, I think, is where that. That is the last time that I was watching on a regular, all week basis. But AEW, I've seen like four shows, and that match is probably my favorite that I've seen with them so far. Crazy tag team awesomeness. WWE, they have more of that entertainment, you know? But in AEW, what I like about them is they're kind of, like, trying to bring out, like, the sport athleticness more in wrestling, where they're doing all this fast-paced, crazy stuff and everything. And the thing with them is, even if you're not on the card or on the main roster or anything, every single character in AEW has a story. Like, WWE, you just have characters that they're just there just because they look like a wrestler and they're really good. 
in AEW, you don't see giant jack dudes like in WWE. You see all different types of dudes, and they all have a character just with small details, too, as well. Like, for instance, Jurassic Express, they got a boy and his dinosaur. That is a great right there example of every person has a character. It is awesome in that in AEW, and that is where I want to plan to go in the future. I either want to go to AEW or New Japan. So you're more of an AEW fan than WWE, obviously. Hundred just not because because WWE has great talent. Don't get me wrong in that, but AEW is, in my opinion, more entertaining than WWE as of now. But back then, ruthless regression era for WWE. That was awesome. That's one of my favorite eras of all time, and that's not going to change. I even liked it better than Attitude Era, believe it or not, in my opinion. But honestly, AEW has got a lot of talent, and they're still even in development. And I wouldn't be surprised that later on in life, AEW would overthrow WWE. Hey, you never know. Time will tell. Indeed, it will. It's crazy that you said ruthless aggression over attitude. I grew up, well, I was in my teens in the attitude era. Graduated high school in 2000, so in 97, 98, I'm in junior high when Stone Cold Steve Austin. 96, I'm in like fifth or sixth grade with NWO. So that was my golden era of wrestling. So we would, we could sit here and debate on the awesomeness of both eras for a long time. There's a debate with everything that, and attitude era was good. It's just, I really don't know how to see it in that. And also, too, it could also be because I'm biased because I grew up in the ruthless aggression era rather than the attitude era. So that also could be a reason why. But I don't know. Just the ruthless aggression era just like, clicks to me more. I, Randy Orton I love. Um, Cena back then was awesome. And the thing is, too, people booing Cena and people booing Roman Reigns and that, they're great workers. Just because they're good guys doesn't mean they're a bad worker. Like, Cena's one of the greatest workers of all time. That's hands down to that, which is weird. It's just the character and the look is what gets people over. Yeah, no doubt. And even though they're getting booed, it kind of helped them get over and do things with their character as well. So, yeah. 110%. Because even though you're booing them, they don't realize it, but you're giving them more publicity. But fans don't realize that. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a boo or a cheer. A reaction is a reaction. Exactly. Definitely. I don't know if you heard that sounded like a wrench coming by, but these two kids on bikes just rode by, and it, they definitely need some WD-40. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so we had talked before, I do these little games with guests, and we were going to do a now and then, and we kind of already did that. So I want to add something else. Since you're a wrestler, you want to go to the big leagues, you are putting in the work, obviously. So we don't need a name right now, but if there was a stable... Stable created with you. Part of it. Give me three wrestlers. We're going to have a stable of four. Three wrestlers that are wrestling right now. It doesn't matter where they're at. WWE, AEW, Indies, whatever. That you would want in a stable with you. In a stable with me. If we're going to have, and me including being one of the four, so picking three. Um, let's do five and you pick four. Oh, okay, okay. So, if I'm going to have to go with... One of them is going to be Ricochet for his athleticism. Ricochet is amazing. I, he's a superhuman. It's insane with them. That is one. I'm going to go with Lance Archer. He's an AW now. He used to be go by the name as Lance Hoyt in uh, New Japan. He is a beast right now, and he's number one contender for John Moxley's AW World Champion. And I would be shocked if Lance Archer does not win it because... AEW as of right now has had two champions and they both have been in WWE and he would be the first actual like 
champion that's not been in WWE, which would be very smart for them to do as of now. So it's not like they're taking super duper shots, even though they are at WWE. That would be one. Tommaso Ciampa, I got to go with him. Tommaso Ciampa would be definitely on that list. Adam Cole. And then, yeah, my final one would be Adam Cole, which he was so big in this industry and, and everything. For the Indies, he was at an ROH, he was at New Japan. And that is awesome. That So I'd definitely pick Adam Cole, Lance Archer, Tommaso Ciampa, and Ricochet. And not far from it, he's in the independent series. He's in ROH right now. His name is Marty Scrawl. And he's not far from being on that list as well, taking out Ricochet's spot. But it would be Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, and Lance Archer as my stable. I like it. I like it. That sounds super crazy athletic. It would, it would be awesome. Lance Archer would be the big guy. Tommaso would be the crazy guy. Adam Cole would be uh, one of the big names. And then we got Ricochet as the very big athlete in there. Well, we've kind of had a little bit of everything. We got sitting next to a planner. We got kids riding by riding by on bicycles. We had cars that we could probably hear. There was a train while you were talking. And we got some awesome wrestling, some LP high school stuff. So thank you, man, for spending some time with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be on the show, and it was awesome. We'll definitely have to do this again as you continue your wrestling career. Check up on you. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I, I will for sure be back on here if I'm able to. 